1: Welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Chris Welsh, and joined by Brandon Funston. And where in the world has Jake Seeley been gone? We found him. Yes, yeah, not Carmen San Diego. We found Jake Seeley, mutumboed, finger sore from all of the blocking. Guys, what's up? Jake, you are back and <laughs> you are in rare form right now. Week two has <laughs> treated you quite well. <laughs> well,
2: week one did. I, you would say where I was. I was still victory lapping around the United States and k- band kickers.
1: I saw you guys had fun without me, unfortunately, on that one. <laughs> How could you not be here for that, by the way, too? I mean, all of those <laughs> missed kicks, it was, I mean, it was your your uh, grand opus. It was, it was a beautiful no, thing. I mean,
2: but we had it last year, too. Everybody's like forgetting that one week where it was the record we had
1: last year. And everybody's like, oh, Jake's like, no, I've been celebrating this for a couple of years now. It happens every year. That was pretty amazing. Brandon, how are we doing my friend? You were in Phoenix last week. You it was just you and me solo show earlier in the week. How goes?
3: Uh yeah, you know, still licking my wounds. There's some some bad beats in week 1. Uh, I was a I was decided in the L column more than the W column across my league. So, uh you know, this us I'll let's call this my support group and we'll just work this we'll work through it. We'll workshop <laughs> it and hopefully I'll Get some more Ws this time around. We worked. You said Jake licking wounds.
2: Out. I thought you were talking about Phoenix at
3: first. I'm like, what the hell happened to Phoenix? <laughs> <laughs> it's not that bad here, Brandon. I promise.
1: It's licking Sunbird.
3: Yeah, sunburn wounds. That's about it. Yeah,
1: exactly. Jake and I were talking off air. They uh, Fantasy Pros released their accuracy, and it seems wild. It seems like a, We were almost like, is there something broken with it? Not that you want to pick apart, <laughs> but it was such a weird week. And if you go look at like the accuracy rankings as well. It even shows like it's oddity. If anyone pays attention to that, like they'll, they'll go and retweet yeah. like the top people and you can go and look at like how everybody performed.
2: <laughs> but me and Jake basically like, the, t- the top 10 people from last year are basically all in the hundreds, including myself.
1: They almost couldn't <laughs> have been worse. They couldn't have been worse. I, I mean, and even so much, you can tell how it is. Like I was above Jake. Like that's crazy. And I was looking at the <laughs> rankings and I was like incredible with running backs last week. Everything else was a pretty big disaster. I still don't understand the algorithm, but that's kind, of the, that's kind of the week that it's been. And Jake, you know, it's also been one of those weeks. Uh, you're already pushing buttons. You're already pushing some <laughs> buttons. You're getting some people with some questions. Uh, I am quite enjoying your feed right now. I just want to point that out. If you don't follow All, follow all In Kid on Twitter, you should because Look, uh, it's, it's a fun poke um, time.
2: I, I, I'm nice until you come out of the gate. Like a schmuck. And then, yes, I will troll you back 100 percent. But it's I, I'm nice until you you come out of the gate first. I mean, I have sarcasm, but I think everybody pretty much you know, understands the sarcasm at this point, but I'm never a jerk. I'm never trying to troll anybody unless you come firing. And, you know, it's it's like, hey, we're baseball fans. And Chris, we know this like you come out, you you celebrate your victory lap. I'm not going to plunk you you're next at bat, but I might throw one tight in your waist. Yeah, that's all. That's all he's doing is uh, high,
1: it's high like, and tight. It's Brandon. like John Rambo. No,
2: I said I said waste. I didn't say high and tight. I'm not. Uh, no, see, I, think, I, won't, I, I won't go are for the head.
1: A little high and tight. I think you're like a little high <laughs> and tight. I think Brandon agrees. Oh wait, what hold were, on. We're getting a message just, from uh, Mr. the Athletic. Uh, I want to talk to you uh, just a little bit after the show. Mister the Athletic would like to speak to you. <laughs> what was? I want to know what Brandon was about to say.
3: Oh, I was just gonna pull a First Blood reference. I was to say you're going John Rambo. You know they. They drew first blood, not me. It's yeah,
1: like, yeah, that's a very just good don't, reference. Just don't,
3: don't don't draw first blood on Jake. Well, speaking
1: of first blood, not to not to make this wait, wait, what? Show about, not to make this entire show about Jake. By the way, let's talk about uh, Cam Akersgate for a minute. I don't know how much we're going to talk about this in the show. You weren't here to confront Cam Akersgate. Where uh, I'm surprised, by the way, of all of the things that were going to come at you, that it didn't really seem to be the Cam Akers stuff that pushed. I did uh, on Thursday. <laughs> okay, yeah, I guess there was a little bit of it. Um, how you have been working through Cam Akers? Let's talk about that for a minute anyways, because he wasn't even expecting the workload he got. This isn't necessarily like big breaking news on on uh, Roto World, but going into week two, Jake, we'll start with you. What is your approach in like, are you just going to take the the L and this is wrong and it's Darrell Henderson, or are you holding out for hope?
2: Uh, I'm still holding on for hope, but it, it can go both ways. So, like, I don't even have him inside my top 40. And somebody even said, you're already giving up on him?" Like I said, no, I, we broke this down last week. I did it in the waivers column. I talked about the worry report, which is there. which you can te- check out in the waivers column every single week? Um, but what it comes down to is in Jordan Rodriguez for us at The Athletic even tweeted this out yesterday from what Sean McVeigh said. It sounds like Cam Akers might be getting a foot or two out of the doghouse. It doesn't sound like he's completely out of it yet. But all the reports are saying like the soft tissue is it's frustrating because there's three factors at play here it's the soft tissue injury it's the achilles and we've seen him play with the achilles but he clearly wasn't 100 percent last year the assumption was that now he's back to 100 percent, because we've seen james robinson and sterling Shepard now on top of it and seeing that like achilles does not matter anymore but the third factor is that doghouse factor which was before the game like he was already in a doghouse because he wasn't getting touches before he whiffed on that block. Well, actually, I wouldn't say whiffed. He left. He didn't try to block. And everybody's talking about that. It's like he already wasn't getting touches before that happened. So it wasn't an in-game doghouse. So the fact is, is not knowing what the soft tissue injury, not knowing what the doghouse situation is, doesn't give us clarity to know what the Achilles is of play here. So I still believe, if 100%, Cam Akers is the better fit. Cam Baker's is the better running back. Cam Baker's is... Better, period. He'd be top 20 running back. But until you see him push back into the lead, you just can't play him. And I don't have Daryl Henderson as a must-start. He's still in the RB2 and low-end RB2 conversation because of this risk. It could happen this week. They could immediately flip-flop this week. But until it happens, you
1: unfortunately have to bite the bullet and now watch K-makers get like 25 points on your bench. Brandon, I had a situation when I look at these ranks that um, I'm pretty aggressive on Daryl Henderson this week. But I also acknowledge that I think the Rams... Are going to want to take out their frustrations on Atlanta. I think there's going to be a lot of frustrations off of week one. And something that could muddy this, kind of like what we're talking about, is you ha- Cam Akers has to show us at this point for us to make any move. That's why we can easily put them in the 40s, but not be like, hey, we're done. But if the Rams get up, there's also a possibility we see some late Cam Akers mm, that could yeah. muddy this whole situation.
3: Well, so I, I've, I'm feeling bad because we're stepping on a, you know, a you know, a, a manufactured debate that we have later on between Jake and I over one of these running backs. And I don't really want, like we're just basically having going to have all of our argument points out right now. So should we just table the rest of it? Did we say enough right now so that we can circle back on, on this backfield a little bit later?
1: Yeah, we can get rid of that. Uh, we can get rid of that debate. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. We can table. I completely forgot that that's the one. I got so excited <laughs> to talk about that. Uh, yeah, we, we can uh, we can table here and we can come back to it because, by the way, not a manufactured battle. Well, this no, is truly you two shirts off on top of a ledge and only one's going to take off. Please do not call it manufactured, Mr. Funston. OK,
3: I could have came up with a better word. There I we go.
1: Kind of <laughs> with you. Uh, there's another muddy running back situation before we get into some of the week uh, two rank talk. And it's Ken Walker. Uh, Ken Walker, this is just, there's not uh, amazingly not a ton of, like, I think, applicable news that we're all dealing with, which I usually feel like there is coming off of these weeks. But, you know, sure enough, uh, there isn't. And uh, Ken Walker is practicing in full uh, for week two and is going to play against the San Francisco 49ers. So, you know, we can obviously table this into ranks. But Brandon, you know, as a resident Seahawk fan, you know, seeing them last week, Rashad (laughs) Penny looked really good early on but then kind of the offense tabled back and wasn't using him. And now you got Ken Walker full practice, which is a surprise. Um, what is this doing for you on uh, both sides of Penny and Walker?
3: Yeah, I, I don't think that we're going to see like the full Ken Walker role uh, in this one. You know, he's been out. Uh, Rashad, Rashad, Penny looked good. They should have went to him more in the second half, but he, was, he looked great in the first half. I tend to think that this San Francisco-Seattle game is going to be a war of attrition. I think Seattle's going to run the ball a lot more. I think San Francisco's going to run a lot. And I think there's going to be some meaningful carries for Walker, but I'm still ranking Penny as the clear-cut one and and Walker as the, the complementary, you know, you're going to, you know, maybe take a flex flyer on him. Uh but I I don't have him in my RB3 mix at this point. I I think we're going to see a handful, maybe, you know, 6-8 10 touches total. That's 10 is probably the max for him in this game, uh, including reception. So, you know, again, I think it's, you know, he could, he's got the big play ability. Maybe you get lucky, but it's tough defense. And I just think that Penny is going to be the clear number one in this one. Jake, you got him in the
1: 40s. You got Ken Walker in the 40s. Um, do you think this is the week that is going to set up week three that we're going to be putting Ken Walker up? Or do you think the matchup is too tough that Seattle is probably a vo- an avoid in general?
2: Uh, I think that you could, if you're looking, I put him as a Hail Mary for my sleepers this week, and Hail Mary's like, hey, you just want to go for Broke. In this case, Broke is, you just hope he gets usage at the goal line, and that that's his role, and then he finds his way into the end zone in this game, so... I don't think you can start him. You could be desperate. You could be thin at running back already. We've already had backfields that haven't been what we expected to be, frustrating splits. Uh, And San Francisco is a good defense, but if you're looking to try and hammer it, uh, you you could get Penny in space. But if you're going to hammer it, if Ken Walker is close to 100%, he does have that's where he is. Like I kept saying this, you know, we go back to the draft time. As I said, he's discount. Derrick Henry, like just throw him up the middle and hopefully he knocks people down on his way into the end zone and finds one. But yeah, I would say you're thinking more of desperation this week and hopefully he looks good, that being healthy. And then maybe you can roll him out there next week. Uh, what do they got? And yeah, next week's Atlanta at home. So mm. if, if you see anything, if he comes out, if he doesn't even score a touchdown, like you don't want to start him this week, but if he
1: comes out of this game healthy and he got some touches, I mean, he could be in flex play next week immediately. And everyone has all the leagues of different sizes, but we both and we all know that there's going to be some leagues of people out there that Ken Walker is sitting on on the wire. We saw actually him available a lot early this week. And this is one of those preemptive things. You might not get out get anything out of him this week. It's probably, you know, lower, like 10 team, maybe 12 team. You never know uh, that if you're sitting out there, it's a good preemptive ad before he doesn't do that much this weekend because of next week at Atlanta, which is really good matchup. And by the way, you guys want to check out Uh, Jake's big rank page going over to The Athletic. You can check it out on the app. It's all there in all of its glory and its beauty and the comments section. And also, (laughs) uh, ranked this week are the, uh, I thought this was very interesting, were the best Mega Man uh bosses bosses which was yeah. a fascinating one i gotta tell you i loved Mega Man. It's part of my childhood i used to sit with my uncle and he would play it that was how my video games were i'd watch him play i just don't remember any of the villains but i loved them <laughs> it was i felt like it was like collecting so was trip like, down memory characters. In order. <laughs> yeah, yeah it was great it was great so um you can go and check that out the fun with rankings and uh I, I kind of wanted to start giving them away, but I'm not going to give them away. There's some pretty not good. You ones.
3: Brandon, were you, were you a were you a Mega Man? Guy? No. Sometimes Jake will do stuff that shows a decided generation gap of, between us. So, <laughs> and this is the Mega Man thing. I was like, I didn't edit this column this week, and I was kind of glad because I was like, all that stuff went <laughs> just kind of, <laughs> but it went right, you know, over, just right thought, over my head.
2: I just I just thought of Liar Liar. <laughs> Fuston is old. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I love it. I actually love the age game. I, lo- I, I love the, the picture of Brandon sitting there and going, what the hell's a Mega Man? What <laughs> a like, what's a Skull Man?
3: I don't know what Pharaoh Man is. So what, what's a, what's I, a I, I man? looked over the list. I was like, why are all these guys named Man on the end? Like, Why why is everybody a man?
2: <laughs> for For that point, there is only one woman the entire video, like only one woman robot the entire series so far.
1: Oh, I see that. Yeah, it on there. Yeah, very good one. That's okay. A Mega Man changing it up. I like it. But go and check it out. You get all the ranks, you get the Mega Man, and you get a bunch more. Go over to the Athletic and go and pick those uh, up today. Make sure you are obviously subscribed and you can check them out and get prepared for the week with Mr. Jake Seely if you want.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone?
1: All right, so let's prepare you guys right now with a little bit of uh, rank talk for week two, and we will start with the quarterbacks, and we're titling it quarterbacks I love that you don't. Mr. Jake Seeley, we will start off with you. A quarterback that you love that I sure don't.
2: Mm, nobody wants to go back to Trey Lance after week one. Honestly, you can make an argument for both of those quarterbacks in that game. Uh, Justin Fields had the better game for fantasy purposes. He uh, scored touchdowns. The Both factors here is you know the the weather first game of the season for lance but as funston knows uh, going against the seahawks uh, if you look at it, his their former quarterback russell wilson didn't have any problem throwing the ball once he decided to what was that about funston why was he throwing to tight ends and handing it off for the entire first half of the game and then he's like oh wait i have that Cortland sutton and jerry judy guy but that being said is i don't think this is a fearsome matchup the Trey Lance getting right, and more so, is just not even the passing game what they might let up. It's more so they're not stopping the run at all. If it wasn't for those fumbles, I mean, this is just a walkover. And Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon both look straight—they're strange. Both look great in that game. Sorry, I, I pulled it up, and the, get, the gif is going in my article. The guy <laughs> breaking his neck on the thing is like it just kind of like threw me off there for a second. But I think that you're looking at this is the what the appeal of Trey Lance was is that you know now we can look at a game where he could get. 40, 50, 60 on the ground, maybe even score one himself. Uh, Jeff Wilson comes in for Elijah Mitchell. And then at the passing game, even with no George Kittle, possibly again, uh, just gets gets right. Just have a mediocre passing game and do your rushing against Seattle. And you should have a good day.
1: Yeah, QB one for Jake, not a QB one on fantasy pros uh, consensus ranks if you want to check that out. So what that means is definitely Jake loves Trey Lance more than I do. hopefully more than you do as well we'll see if it works out i he's a i want to see it happen as a 49er fan because it was brutal brandon quarterback that you love that we don't
3: i don't know if you don't love him or not but i i'm pretty high on carson wentz uh look i i don't got him in my top 12 but i'm i'm trying to figure out how to do it and i can't quite do it but man if i had aaron Rodgers or tom brady and carson wentz this week when the you know when the final final buzzer sound for setting your roster i don't know if i could say that i wouldn't you know, wouldn't definitely not have Carson Wentz in there. So I, I like the setup against the Lions. Lions look like a team that are going to play 30 to 30 games, you know, going forward. Uh, I like the I like the McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel, uh, what you can do with them. Dotson looked good. They are moving Samuel all around. Antonio Gibson's out in the passing game, getting seven catches. Got JD McKissick. So I like his weapons a lot, and it's kind of worth reminding people that Carson Wentz in full seasons – other than his rookie year, he's had a six, 6th-place six finish, a 10th-place finish, and a 14th-place finish in season-long in Yahoo leagues, uh, in Yahoo scoring. So this guy has been a QB1 multiple times. And, you know, in a good matchup with a bunch of guys around him, I think he showed that last week that that can be a nice thing. So maybe not four touchdowns this week, but two to three and, and pushing 300-plus yards, I think that's feasible for sure.
1: And Definitely a lot more weapons, I think, than we probably expected for them to actually have with Gibson's success and – You got McKissick out there, Curtis Samuel. So I like that one. Uh, Mine, I'm going to go with Matt Ryan. I think I like Matt Ryan more than the consensus. He's actually 18. And by the way, uh, Carson Wentz was 15 for everybody. And I think, Funston, you had Carson Wentz. Yeah, yeah. So you've got him higher. I've got Matt Ryan quite a bit higher simply because of the matchup. You know, they threw 50 times last week. Jacksonville gave up the fourth most passing yards. Uh, You've got Naheem Hines that was really involved in the pass game, though – yeah, I was big on his player prop uh, for receiving yards this past week because it seems to be a week one thing with the Colts that they really get involved with him. But I just like the receiving side. I like going up against that defense. I like the pass heaviness, even though ran way <clears> more <throat> plays than you know, you're know you going to have in a normal week. But you could still run the ball 30 times with Jonathan Taylor and have 50 pass attempts. I also don't think the Colts are as good as we expect, That I wouldn't be shocked if the Jags can stay in this game a bit, which makes it a little bit more intriguing. But I like Matt Ryan a little bit more, I think, than... All of you for this week getting a lot of Michael Pittman in there. Uh, that's what I'm looking for. All right, let's go over to running backs you love more than the others slash sleepers. However you want to perform it. And Brandon, we're gonna jump right over to you. You can have one or multiple, but uh you know, a couple running backs or one that you love more than everybody else that is aka sleeper. Uh
3: well I just gotta, you know, I, I like the way the first game for Naheem Hines. They talked about him maybe, you know, setting career highs in Receiving totals, he comes out of the gate with six catches, fifty yards. Now you get a Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, uh running backs caught ten balls for ninety-two yards against them last week. I like the setup. We see Naheem Hines, you know, he had a just a kind of an average game in, in total of fantasy, but we know he has these spikes along the way, these two, three, four games along the way where he, you know, puts up these big monster numbers. And I would not be surprised if this is one of those games. Um and if, if if all he does is what he did last week and catches six balls for 50 yards, that's flexible week in and week out. But I think he actually has some upside in this matchup for a little bit more.
1: Jake, so, do you trust Naheem Hines? I feel like there's a trust factor. Me and Scott Bogman over In This League, we <laughs> go through this a lot, where I feel like there is a trust factor with guys like Naheem Hines, where it's like, man, if he catches the ball, he's going to catch a b- bunch of them. But it feels like that offense just disappears. We haven't had consistency Until this year where the coaching is like, hey, we're going to throw a whole bunch. of Now he's going to be involved. Now everything's changed. (laughs) It's certainly a trust factor.
2: I mean, look at last week. You finished as RB30, low 30 or something. Six or six in the passing game, which took overtime on top of it. And I, I don't think Funston's wrong. It's just I never had that excitement for Hines or McKissick or anybody in that role because unless you're James White, back in the day with the Patriots, where it was like, they just absolutely 100% use them every single game, whether they were up, down, neutral, it didn't matter. James White got used every single game. That's why I'm never that enamored with them. Again, like, a full point PPR, actually, six of six for 50 is great. So there's your case there. And again, is an RB3. And let's be real, he's probably better than some people are rolling out as their RB3, which means you probably should just play a wide receiver. But uh, that's why I've just I've I've never been on the Heinz McKissick route, and I, it's not that I'm saying Funch is wrong. It's just that that's not my style because if you are only three for three, you're done because he's just he's not going to
1: get the rushing game. I think he's tough. I think that's that's a tough one because I I think if they do it again we're gonna start to fall into belief with naheem hines i think there'll be a real big belief factor of like oh they really are going and take and honestly this is i mean i mentioned it it's not a bad matchup i like matt ryan in here this is a matchup where he can do this again Jake, running backs you love more than everybody else, and slash <laughs> AKA sleeper. Uh, you got a couple guys? Uh, I mean, we mentioned Ken Walker. That's, again, a home run play. Uh, Rex
2: Burkhead, I have in my 30s, and people seem to still have him in the 40s. Like, look, uh, even Lovey Smith came out. You want to talk about Doghouse? Why is nobody talking about that? Those, those were doghouse comments that he made about Pierce, about like, yeah, we have stuff we want him to do, but he needs to do this, but he needs to do that, but he needs to do this. <laughs> like, that was more damning than Sean McVay with Cam Akers, so I love some Damian Pierce, and I think this could eventually be a 50-50 split, but the entire appeal of Pierce was that the 50-50 split was going to be basically what we expect Walker and Penny to be for the Seahawks, is that Burkhead was still going to be the third down and passing game option, which Pierce absolutely saw none of. In the first week so the real one uh that i'm higher on than everybody else he's not really a sleeper but it's just the fact that i have jeff wilson already as a top 20 running back like yeah Shanahan gets is fine whatever but he has roles and jeff wilson is the elijah mitchell role and if you read matt barrows for us over the athletic it's not Mason that they envision as the Elijah Mitchell role person. It's Davis Price, who he said they don't believe is ready yet, but he's the one that's built stylistically for what they want. Fuss is the one that you even said this last year on the show, Fuss, like is that Shanahan has roles. It's like, you're the guy who runs the ball. We don't care that you can pass catch. We're just not going to use you that much. It's going to be check and the pass catcher. So that's probably Mason, who also gets the special teams work. Not that much Jeff Wilson, not that much. So I think it's Wilson until his wheels fall off or until he plays poorly. But at least in one week, I think he's going to get 15-plus carries and 15-plus carries for the 49ers. Even with Trey Lance at quarterback, I'm just going to take that outside of I mean, you start getting into the 20s and you've already got split backfields and
1: question marks of usage. I know Wilson, at least for at least for one week, is going to get his touches. I'm pretty adamantly against this one because I believe Debo Samuel will lead this team in rushing yards this week. I think I said it. I think, Brandon, you and I talked about it in the last episode, but I'm just talking about it everywhere. You're not wrong in that Wilson is going to get volume. And the Seahawks did get kind of torched a little bit, just kind of across the board with how Javante and Melvin Gordon were able to run, which makes it a really good point. My worry is that Jeffrey Wilson is going to be the third leading rusher on this team behind Devo and behind Trey Lance with all the mixing. Bunsen, where are you at on Wilson? Because I feel like this is a true split. Like, a lot of people spend a lot of waiver wire claims on him. I don't remember. What was the flex number, Jake, real quick on Wilson? Was he one of the highest claims? he was the he
2: was only available in one league. It was the live Superflex that was at the beginning. Of, it was the first weekend of August and Superflex. So some wide receivers and running backs don't get drafted because of that, because you got that extra rounds worth of players that get tossed to the side. But uh, he went for 30. <laughs> and I, are you bringing this up to troll me? Because Ratcliffe got him for 30. Uh, Jay J Felicio, uh, front yard fantasy bid 29 and I bid 28. <laughs> it was a real, uh,
1: yeah. It's a real. <laughs> yeah. That's brutal. That's my yeah. point. It's like. People that were able to get him put a significant amount on him on a really, really run heavy team. Just with watching the 49ers as I've had and seeing Jeffrey Wilson over years, I just don't have the trust. Brennan, do you have the trust in Jeff Wilson like Jake does this week?
3: No, I think, and uh, in, in, you know not to step on a, a segment coming up, with the players that are making you think twice. I have another candidate for that, but Wilson certainly falls into that category of players that I'm just like, ugh, I don't know. Jake? Could be right, but he had a lot of I think, I think, I think. And to be a top 20 running back, I don't want him that much, I think. I kind of agree that we'll see a lot of Debo in the backfield. We'll see more Trey Lance running the ball. Um, and I just don't know what we're going to see from Jordan Mason. And, and like, it, there is Shanahanigans in play. And for that reason, I can't get myself to be confident enough
2: to can, rank him can to push back?
3: top 24 to, running back. I have him in to, the 20s, to, but not, not, to not make top you, 24. Yeah, go ahead.
2: To make you feel better is that this is why, this is the other reason, and again, it's trying to read tea leaves here, is they brought in 5,000 running backs and then signed Marlon Mack. That tells me they're not ready to trust Mason and Davis Price yet. That's what that that tells me. So that's my positive spin on this is you don't bring all those people in. That's that's a fourth running back. And now people are going crazy and like, because it's Marlon, uh, Marlon Mack apparently just should be in the hall of fame for everybody. What the hell has this guy ever done for his career that people are so enamored with Marlon Mack? Anyway, sidebar there <laughs> that the fact that they brought in a fourth running back when you have use check, who is always active just tells me something that like, they're not ready for Mason and Davis price. I could be wrong. I'm not obviously cam makers <laughs> could be wrong, but it just, that told me
1: that, it's going to be Jeff Wilson until somebody else proves otherwise. I will say yeah. I do agree with that. That that the um, the bringing in the you know stable of just ridiculous didn't they bring names in Devonta
2: Freeman out? too? They, I mean they brought in the most ridiculous
1: washed up names. Oh, like, like LeMichael P Ryan was in that. Like it was a blast from the past. I think Roto World might have made a joke that uh, LaMichael James just wasn't available uh, during this <laughs> one for them to kind of bring in. Which I
2: Adrian Peterson would have been there, but he was still knocked out.
1: Yeah, wait. Uh, That could (laughs) have been a matchup. They could have just had Lev Bell and Adrian Peterson just boxing match for who gets signed. But I agree with that. In that, like, them bringing those backs in to me wasn't actually about Jordan Mason. It was about Tyrion Davis Price because. Right. Tieran Davis Price is healthy and active, and Mason, I think, is playing special teams. What's going to change this week? Well, obviously, Marlon Mack, they're keeping on the practice squad, so they will bring him in. I kind of thought they were going to bring him back in and have him on the active roster, but watch. Just watch right now that we get to, like, Saturday or Sunday morning, and all of a sudden – we have Marlon Mack is lifted from the practice squad, and Tyrion Davis Price would be the guy that's inactive. So you do have that Oh my God, people will lose their minds. I will lose my mind if that happens. So I don't <laughs> trust in Tyrion Davis Price, but I also just don't trust in Jeffrey Wilson Jr. getting the run with how they worked Debo early in the game. I really think you're gonna see uh, seven to ten carries from Debo. They ran an end around in the first drive with Brandon Ayuk. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a couple from him. We'd get probably 12 to 15 from Jeffrey Wilson, but here's the deal Jeffrey Wilson, those twelve to fifteen could be impactful, and that's where I could be wrong, and Brandon could be wrong, and Jake, you could be reaping the week two fantasy pros accuracy ranking uh, win across the board. No, Maybe probably, we don't. Know.
2: I'll probably move down according to
1: like what happened last week. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell it did go down. We don't even understand it at all. All right. Oh, I got. I guess I gotta talk. I forgot about that. I've got two guys on this list. I got Ramondre Stevenson. I think I like more than anybody else this week because Ty Montgomery who ended up playing that third down role, which was stupid. He ended up getting that third down passing role is on the IR and he's gone. And they kind of talked us up about Ramondre Stevenson being this Evan Kamara light, and he'll play some of the passing downs and stuff. And we didn't see it. Well, the guy that did is now gone. So I'm thinking and hopeful that he's going to be able to step into that role. And I like him a lot more this week, though it is, um, it is being a little bit more speculative. And the other one is Jamal Williams, Jamal Williams, uh, I mean, the touchdown vulturing cannot be denied. I think he had the second most carries inside the red zone last week to Jonathan Taylor. Uh, He gets the work in there. So if the Lions can get there, he's just a good flex running back. So I think I like Jamal Williams more than anybody else, and I think I like Ramondre Stevenson. Do either one of you hate or love those?
3: Washington was non-existent as a run defense. I mean, letting James Robinson look like he never blew his Achilles out, and so it's not a bad matchup, and you're right, the vulturing – Is there Uh, Ramondre Stevenson? It's funny you say Alvin Kamara. I don't see that at all. I see him as a lot more of a physical, bigger guy than Alvin Kamara. But yeah, he will have that Ty Montgomery role, uh, we would assume. So yeah, I like both of those.
2: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I'm in on for the fact that Ty Montgomery's out now on Stevenson.
1: Yeah, and it's not me saying the Camaro stuff. I think one of the beat reporters or whatever it was, or maybe one of the coaches had said they 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 felt that he would be used in a similar way, and everyone was like, oh, Ramandre. And then they put Ty Montgomery out there, which is also not a great sign for
3: anything. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, Stubhub,
1: Wide receivers that you love then more than everybody else. They're sleeping on them. Why is everybody sleeping on these guys? Brandon, we'll start with you. Why are they sleeping Uh, on your player?
3: Because he didn't do anything in week one. He was basically non-existent, uh, playing in a secondary role behind Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, as Josh Palmer. But you guys know I've brought him up. Brought him up. Yeah, brought him up a few times. (laughs) Like, man, I think he could have (laughs) wide receiver three value as, as, or not, you know, he could have value as the third wide receiver in this offense, but I the caveat was always if one of those other guys in front of him got hurt, that he would have wide receiver two upside. So it's, you know, here's the time for him to prove out because Keenan Allen is out uh, and we'll see Josh Palmer. He should have an elevator roll and should be a, you know, should be a shootout on Thursday night. So uh, I'm in on Josh Palmer and hopefully I'm not wrong. Yeah. I like that one. Carter's also kind
1: of sneaky there. I've seen, I saw a lot of people being like, you know, Hey, just because Keenan Allen's out, you can't like make Mike Williams be great. And it's like, well, Mike Williams is not going to be bad for, for multiple weeks. Like he's going to have his big weeks. This seems like a really prime spot. Maybe I'll be wrong, but I'm in on him, Jake, uh, wide receiver that everyone is sleeping on. Someone you love more mm-hmm. than anybody else. Yeah. D- d- funny enough, I didn't, I wasn't even going to try and put Josh Palmer in there because <laughs>
2: <laughs> I knew Funston loves him. He's, <laughs> he's in, he's in the sleepers column, by the way, but one that's not because he's kind of this is another kind of jeff wilson situation but i think people i think you guys will agree on this one and then i'll give you the hail mary one i don't know what more christian kirk has to do we saw him in the one game in the preseason that trevor lawrence is going to look his way eight billion times we saw in week one that that carried over and christian kirk's still going to be at eight billion times by trevor lawrence marvin jones has already fallen behind behind zay jones and christian kirk is the guy this is give up what you thought and got pissed off for, for all those years with Arizona. It's now happened. Yes, they overpaid him, but it's happened. Christian Kirk is happening. Finally, you should be happy. You shouldn't be still bitter over what happened. Move on. Christian Kirk is a locked in top 24 wide receiver going forward and including this week, just give him the respect he deserves. But if you want to hail Mary, you just mentioned James Robinson. How about nobody's talking about the fact that Sterling Shepard made the Achilles look like even less because he got hurt after James Robinson came back in week one and was clearly Daniel Jones' best wide receiver because Kenny Galladay can't separate for the life of him. Uh, so, I mean, the, what's, the, what's the Wu-Tang thing? He couldn't cut himself out of a wet paper bag with scissors in his hand? That's, that's, that's Kenny Galladay. Uh, Sterling Shepard is back, and until Hurt, he's going to be the number one for the Giants. I'm not starting him as anything more than a wide receiver for, but there are some people
1: out there who might need it. I, I picked him up in a couple spots. Uh, he wasn't even claimed in a few, and I was able to get him in some of the deeper leagues. So I agree with you. I got Sterling Shepard, and Wu-Tang is for the kids. Uh, let's <laughs> burn through these last two, and then we're going to get to the debates here. Players that are making you think twice, Mr. Jake mm-hmm. Seely. Who's making you think twice? So Funston,
2: Funston knows firsthand on this one is if nobody was really watching very closely, yes, if the box score DK Metcalf got his reception volume and target volume, he didn't get a lot of yards because Patrick Sertain is officially, he kind of already was, but if he needed any confirmation that he should be is in the conversation of, good God, you might want to avoid this matchup. You might want to say, let me look somewhere else. And especially if it's a team like Houston where you only have one option, everybody out there knows this should. this is coming from One of the biggest fans for the entirety of his career. Every year I sit here and say, take Brandon Cooks, take Brandon Cooks, take Brandon Cooks, take Brandon Cooks, and stop thinking too much about it. Uh, Brandon Cooks against Ertain. I I don't know how far you could go to bench him, but I do not have him as a top 20 wide receiver. Uh, Kind of in the same vein of an Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb, given their situations, but mainly because of
1: who he's facing this week. Christian Kirk over Brandon Cooks. That's a good one. Yes. Uh, Mr. Brandon Funston. What do you got? I
3: I I I just wanted to bring Alan Robinson up because I haven't had a whole lot of conversations with Jake about it and I know Jake's got his reasons for why the bounce back but man I, you know I was watching the Thursday night opener game with a bunch of Chicago fans and man do they hate Alan Robinson. Never mind the fact that They're he bitter. put up he put up two really good years out of 3 in some in some lean times but they just felt like uh you know he basically checked out on them and felt like it was more of the same but um as you dive into it, you saw a lot of double teaming on Allen Robinson and just letting Cooper Cup eat and, and letting that be the way and just living with that. Um, but it's a copycat league, you know, and so a 31 to 10 result on the road for Buffalo's got to have some teams wondering, you know, are we going to take a page from what Buffalo did as well? So I have Allen Robinson everywhere. I'm going back and forth in a ton of leagues on whether I'm, st- I'm playing him this week or not. So i going to throw it out to you, Jake. What do you think? I want to hear your opinion.
2: Yeah. So, I, again, I actually even mentioned that. And you know this because uh, you did edit the uh, waiver column. So, it, what it comes down to is watching that game in full and watching it back again. You can go see it. And actually, there's somebody out there who tweeted every single route run by Alan Robinson. Buffalo came out with a plan. They said they were going to play Jackson underneath, hide over top, and we're just going to bracket the living hell out of them all day long. A lot of zone. let. And if you watch it, Uh, is the reason I even got on top of this because somebody came for me and, you know, in the comments, I said he wasn't separating and I understand the confusion because I was saying separating from coverage. They took it as separating from defenders. But there's two things here is one is he wasn't really separating from man coverage because they ran a lot of zone on him. But he wasn't separating from coverage because, as you mentioned, like if it is a copycat league, what they did is they just sat there and said, we're just not going to give any window anywhere for Matthew Stafford to throw the Allen Robinson. And there wasn't any windows. And then they said, we'll just let Cooper Cup do Cooper Cup. And the example I gave on all in football with Meany, as I said, it's basically like if you said, hey, we'll let Michael Jordan score 60 points and the rest of the team score 10. Because 70 not going to win you a basketball game. That's what they did to the Rams. Now, if everybody tries the copycat, you have to have the defense to do so. And if it can work, it can work. But I think it's Atlanta and a get right game at home. I'm not afraid of Atlanta being able to do it because I just don't think they have the
1: ability to do it. And that's why I'm on Allen Robinson. It'll buy back buck Allen Robinson maybe this week. Uh, the two guys I've got, we've already talked about. Uh, Rashad Penny, I'm worried about 49ers defense in general. They're built to stop the run. They're going to be pissed. And you've also got Ken Walker back. And the Seahawks, without Ken Walker, went away from him last week in the second half. So I think that doesn't make me feel super confident. And I'm worried about Brandon Ayuk because of uh, Trey Lance just in general. Ayuk can definitely get the big plays. But Ayuk saw pretty much one target, and then they didn't go back to him. They went to Juwan Jennings. Debo, they tried to force the ball to. If Kittle is back, that changes it, but I'm worried about and I've got him quite a bit uh, quite a bit lower. Was that an elephant? Was that a rhino? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's, yeah, Barkley is part elephant. <laughs> oh my god. I thought I was ready to get into the jungle there. That didn't sound like that. That
2: was an uh, incredible sound. I want to ask you something similar to like Fonston just asked me about one. Are you also, because I am a little bit, are you also a little bit worried about Debo because because if yep. he's only going to be running the ball, if you're only going to give me, if you, you know what? Here's the thing. Debo is essentially what we were just talking about with nine hines six targets, but three, four or sorry, six rushes. The reverse of them, six or th- six or seven rushes and three or four targets. I'm legitimately concerned that that doesn't hold up every
1: single game. Yeah, the nice thing about him is he gets the target. He's going to get touches, and those touches are going to end up looking like probably 12 to 13, which means elite wide receiver territory. Yeah, except except it's seven or eight of them being receiving does worry me, and they they really tried to force feed the catching. Yeah, no, I am genuinely worried about Devo with Trey Lance because they did this last year, but Garoppolo was at least accurate in short yards, and that's what you have to do with Debo. They had eight targets to Devo, and he caught two. Why do I know? Besides watching the game, because, of course, I had the receiving reception prop, which was three and a half on him. And Trey Lance (laughs) threw three screen passes to him (laughs) to his ankles. So, yeah, Debo is an in-space type of guy. And if you can't even get the ball to him in short yardage, it's not going to go well. It's not going to go well. So, yes, I am very worried about Debo long term. You could throw him on here. It could just be 49ers wide receivers in general um, Uh, would be the one.
3: You know, the interesting thing, though, is Debo – Eight carries. Look at what he's done with eight carries or more in his career. I think there's only one time that hasn't worked out. So, like, he's yeah. sure. So, I mean, it's like the odds. And I
2: didn't say, if- say
1: bench him. I just asked if there was worry. That's all.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I'm yeah. benching, but it could move him
1: out of wide receiver uh, one territory. All right. Let's do this final one. And for everybody... That was just dying and waiting for Jake and Brandon to get their shirts off and start <laughs> Hayuking or whatever, whatever it is, a Mortal <laughs> combat. The athletic combat is what I was going to call it. We are not going to have them battle to the death, so no one will be finished. But we do have one final rank to go, and I call it, dare, dare I, Jake, how tight can you make that end? That is what it is. And what that means is it's essentially limbo. How low can you go at tight end? I am going to test both of you. So how tight can you make your end, Jake? I gotta say, it's funny. I
2: I feel like it was super tight if we're talking about every single time Julio caught the ball last week. I was was clenching every single time. Like, don't get hurt. Uh, But if we're talking tight ends here, I think you don't even have to get outside my top 15. And that's because I'm super high on this tight end for this week. Logan Thomas just has to be healthy. All the focus is on the three wide receivers who all had nice games. Curtis Samuel's back. Johan Dotson looks 100% of what they expected him to be. But a guy overlooked of, hey, Logan Thomas is back. And Logan Thomas, you know, caught most of his targets. It had a pretty good game. It wasn't a huge line. I think it was like 40 something yards and three receptions. But, I mean, we're talking about Cole commits like what? erased from that team uh people are looking for big o as a potential play evan ingram caught all of his but he was four for four george Kittle's is probably not playing robert tonyan you're hoping for a t- like if we're chasing down tight ends i'm just gonna go logan thomas against detroit
1: and that is, a uh, you definitely made it tight because on Fantasy Pro's Consensus Ranks, Logan Thomas 20th at, at tight end this week. So that's a very good play. So when uh, Logan
2: Thomas finishes 14th, I'm going to finish dead last in tight end. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: you're going to move down 20 more spots when he finishes in the top five, Jake. That's 100%. Brandon, how tight can you make that in this week?
3: Well, I, my my end was pretty tight with Irv Smith in a, in a bunch of leagues. And I went out and I made it tighter with uh, Taysom Hill. I'm like... I looked at the top 15 (laughs) tight ends this last week, the top 15 tight ends in fantasy list last week, uh, 10 of 15 caught three balls or less eight of the 15 caught two or less. And I'm like, if I'm, if I got a hail Mary kind of like, I'm hoping for the best from Irv Smith. I guarantee there's going to be multiple wildcat packages for taste of hell every week. And you're going to get these opportunities sort of like Debo Samuel light where like, yeah, you know, eight rushing attempts is going to bite you in the butt. Just like, two wildcat series from taste of hell might bite you in the butt. If they do nothing, but we've seen plenty of times where they've done something. And, and when they do something, it's not just that he finishes as tight end 12. It's that he finishes as like tight end three, tight end two, you know? So if you're going to get like negligible points from that guy, who's like the back end, you know, it, it kind of back into the top 15, you might as well get a guy that peak Valley at the position who some weeks actually does something for you. And then the weeks he doesn't big deal. So we, He's, you know, a few points below the guy that got you five points anyways. You know, it's like so taste some hell I'll take I'll ride the roller coaster. I hate riding the roller coaster at wide receiver running back, but at tight end, there's you know, there's some peaks at the tight end position. I'll take it. That's the tight end. Twenty.
1: Seventh on fantasy pros. I hate to admit it. I am starting him in one league this week uh, because the deep league that I don't have a great tight end, and I'd rather go with it. Jamin Swinston, also a little banged up. Have so just look out. You might, have the, you might have some packages. <laughs> Nicole, going Nicole on told here. me. <laughs> okay. And now, and now you take your elephant and you get out of here. The show's done. That's all we can do. That that officially finished. That segment is dead now. I'm getting a little too comfortable in this host seat. Uh hopefully you guys had fun with us. Enjoyed to Follow him on Twitter at all in kid at Brandon Funson. You can follow me on Twitter at IsItTheWelsh. Make sure go check out the uh, Ranks article over at The Athletic. If you're not already signed up, you've got an issue because it is practically nothing. So go and sign up. The Ranks are going to help you win your leagues. Pretty easy as that. And that is it for us. We'll be back next week, breaking down everything that went in week three. For Jake Seeley and Brandon Funson, I am Chris Welsh. We'll talk to you next time, friends. Later. Such a
2: quirky joke.